0: side at midnight with Frank Marano.
1: slash George Washington's birthday, observed. whatever you're celebrating, <clears throat> I'm celebrating because one of my all-time favorite people and one of my all-time favorite broadcasters has uh, made his way into the studio, kind enough to spend some time with us late at night or early in the morning, depending on your perspective. A guy who is a legend when it comes to television, radio, acting, you name it very pleased to welcome uh, veteran TV and radio talk show host Richard Bay, who has been hosting the Richard Bay Talk podcast, which I have just been loving. Richard, it's great to see you. And now for something completely
0: different, (laughs) as they used to say. You you know,
1: one of the reasons I I, I used to so enjoy listening to you on the radio is because you're such a master of the craft of theater of the mind, right? It wasn't just uh, repeating left-wing talking points or right-wing talking points or arguing callers. You would do like uh, and I try to emulate this kind of a a full service radio show. You'd do Dick and Dad go to the movies, where you'd review movies. You'd have Bay the Barbarian, uh, which <laughs> sounded like Michael Savage only more serious, <laughs> right. and um, all sorts of fun stuff like that. I know, I don't and know the how, songs, well, uh, the song parodies were and my I'd favorite. Sing them live. I, I, there, I mean. there is nobody that does that anywhere in talk radio these days and i'm not talking left wing right wing nobody that does it what's gone on in talk radio and maybe just talk media in general these last two decades since you were on the air regularly that nobody does that well as is often the case with tele with with mass media anyway it's
0: calcified Mm. something works and then so somebody copies it and then somebody copies that it's a xerox (laughs) it's a xerox process I mean, so you had this astounding success of Rush Limbaugh, and then you had other people, you know, doing Rush Limbaugh over and over and over again, and uh, you have your uh, science of P1 topics. Only talk about
1: the topics that
0: get people angry and upset because then they'll keep listening. And on television, it's been... uh, I mean, I I feel the same way about, let's say, daytime talk shows. Oh, same. Right. For a while, it was always... It was the same thing. How ma- Maury Povich, how many times can you right. do... You are the father. You're not
1: the father. <laughs>
0: right, you're not That's the it. father. That's the whole show. I, I, my show was... I played different characters. It was different. I mean, it was crazy, silly, pies in the face, the wheel of torture. I tried to get the audience involved in things, you know. Uh, but we did so many different kinds of genres and talk. I mean, I mean where I'm sitting now in Magda's house, and I, the TV's on, and I'm going, are you it's from one phony to the next mm. the smiles on tv it looks like these people have been you know given happy pills before they go on
1: on the air when i would listen to you though even though you were on a conservative station and you didn't necessarily toe the party line on a whole host of issues not the least of which was the uh, war in iraq I would hear a lot of conservatives listen to you on a regular basis, and you did really well with conservatives and every every really political persuasion. My question, though, is now I hear so often uh, p- conservatives and left-wingers who will listen to a show or watch a show, and then when someone deviates just a centimeter exactly. from their orthodoxy, they <laughs> said, oh! I'm not listening to him anymore. I I don't need to hear that. I don't listen to this station to hear that. How were you able to do that? And why don't more people do that now? It was a different time. Mm-hmm. We've calcified in
0: this country. You're either on, uh, you know, the, the people are talking about civil war now, and they're not talking about it as a joke. There's the movie coming out, <laughs> Civil War. Have you seen the trailer? I did, I did. I did. I mean, in this country, you. I mean, uh, at this point, what a country we live in. I mean, you have to be on one side or the other. It's true on, on the left as well. There are things, if you devi- the, uh, deviate on the left, people will come down on you. But uh, uh, it, it's just this division that we have. And you say in the old days, we didn't ha- necessarily have that. Those are the old days. Right. <laughs> We're living in a, in a different time frame now, in a different political time frame. One of the things was that I was critical of Bill Clinton. Right. Uh, I was critical. I thought... Ha ha ha! Isn't this uh, nostalgic? At the time, I thought character counts.
1: When you did that song parody, and I wish they were available somewhere. I would buy, you know, buy buy them if they were available for download. The uh, William Clinton goodbye. Oh, right. I found your version <laughs> of William Clinton goodbye actually catchier than Toot Toot Tootsie Goodbye, which was the original song. <laughs> William Clinton, goodbye! I forget the rest of it. <laughs> on about- Air Force One, you must fly! Right, right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's how much I, I remember. I haven't heard it in 24 <laughs> years, and that's how catchy it was. And I think whenever you can do a parody that's uh, more memorable than the source material, you've done, you've done something right. Hey, I uh, want to pick your brain on a few different items in terms of the news of the day, but Uh, As a cultural critic, I am curious. We're in the Oscar race now. You had the British um, Academy Awards yesterday. You had the People's Choice Awards yesterday. Um, Oppenheimer, big winner. Sweeps everything. uh, Do you think that's going to do well with the Oscars this year, too? Yeah. 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 yeah, I loved it. What do you think? Yeah. I loved it, too. I was
0: surprised at its box office success because it's a difficult movie. Right. And it's a difficult movie to follow. I mean, I didn't figure out, huh? Why is it black and white now? Why is it color now? What is really <laughs> happening? And then I read some of the reviews, and they said, "I thought I saw a different movie." Some of the reviews that were critical of it said, "They didn't show the people who who, who suffered radiation at Hiroshima." Wait a second, I thought that was in the movie. Did I see something different? Didn't they show? Didn't they have a bunch of? Clips? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And then they said. You know, the people were all celebrating, you know, when they dropped the atom bomb on Nag- and the war was over. And I saw but but there was a point of view shot from Oppenheimer where the people started to look like
1: monsters. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very balanced and from again, maybe I'm I'm no expert in the history, but I thought the history was very sound, uh, based on what I could yeah, tell.
0: And the thing with the when, when he walked in to see Truman and
1: Tried to talk
0: to him about the dangers of nuclear proliferation, and Truman just said, Get that man yeah, out of here. I, no, and I, I thought never it was want phenomenal. To see him again.
1: Speaking of movies that go black and white color, black and white color, did you see Maestro? Yeah, yeah, What'd yeah. What'd you yeah. think? I thought
0: it was um, Carrie Mulligan's story. Yeah, no, Carrie no, no, no. Mulligan. She was terrific. Movie, and she moved me. I mean, I thought watching that, I found him to be a very selfish man.
1: I thought he was great. I Obviously, I thought the music was great. Yeah, I know. He was a wonderful acting, but... I, I thought the story, as depicted in the film, was very lacking. I I almost Except found for it Carrie boring. Mulligan. Yeah, no, I, I thought her performance I was great. I was so
0: moved by her. And when she said it, what did she say? She said, uh, something, the most important thing in life is kindness. Mm. As she's dying of cancer.
1: Yeah, no, I thought she was great. I thought it could have been a half hour shorter and a little bit more of a, a punchier. I thought they could have showed some more interesting aspects of their shared life together. But, but- you
0: know what? The one thing about the movie that I think is this is that when you have a, <laughs> a genius in any field, whether it's Picasso, who was a real jerk, you know, uh, to the people around him, the women especially, um, when you have a genius who is totally uh, maniacally almost obsessively focused on their artistic creation – Um, they're they're really flawed as human beings.
1: Yeah, whenever Rachel is complaining about something that I'm not doing, I always (laughs) tell her, these are the perils of living with a genius. (laughs) And uh, she never... It doesn't do anything to assuage her anger, whenever I bring that up, (laughs) oddly enough. Um, What was that? Speaking of... uh, You mentioned the Civil War and people not bringing it up as a joke. You mentioned a film on your podcast a few weeks ago about a 21st century Civil War... And it, you, you said it was kind of better than it's the one that everyone's talking about. Bushwick. Bushwick. That was Bushwick. And I wouldn't say it's better. It's a
0: low-budget movie. But it is so much fun to watch. The concept is the Texas National Guard invades Brooklyn. And they have helicopters. And they're shooting people on the sub. They go into the subway. And all of a sudden, they're seeing all these dead people in the subway. It's amazing how they shot this movie in Bushwick, On real locations. That's pretty cool. There's no CGI, and it's. um, But by the end of the movie, the part that I really loved is that the Hasidim, the Puerto Ricans, the gays, the 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 liberal kids, they've (laughs) all somehow they all have uh, guns and they've gone
1: out and they're fighting the Texas National Guard. Yeah, I gotta put that on my list. There was a film that came out I guess now it's more than 25 years ago. It's never on TV. It was called The Second Civil War with James Earl Jones, James Coburn, Dan Hedaya, Phil Hartman as the president and I found it so predictive of uh, where we are today because basically you have one state that chooses to institute its own immigration policies. They don't want to take any refugees, and then cable news essentially ramps up this civil war. But for some reason, I would think these days you'd see it on it all the time. You never see it anymore. Um, uh, By the way, if people are just tuning in, Richard Bay is here. Uh, You could uh, find him on the YouTube. He uh, does a lot of interesting stuff on there. You could just search Richard Bay Talk. Hit the subscribe button. You'll get his videos whenever he makes one. This is the first time you've been in studio since, uh, obviously, October 7th. Um, What a week for news. uh, that, That is for oh sure. My that's god, that's another thing. Yeah.
0: It's like, you know, you you you, you can't get away soon as once st- the the Biden story with the Robert Hur is is like ancient
1: history. Well, so <laughs> let me let well, let me let's go through these one at a time if we can. And if, by the way, if people want to talk to Richard Bay, we'll take as many of your calls as we can here. 800-848-9222. Biden seems to be getting it on all sides, right? So the right is critical of him for um, doing what they perceive to be being too cozy with Iran and getting Iran this money, which they said— But they didn't th- get the th- money. <laughs> right. Well, you know the criticism from <laughs> right. the right when it comes to Biden. The uh, right also critical for trying to uh, you know slow down what Netanyahu was doing in some respects— the left, also pretty critical right. of Biden for being a little bit too willing to give Israel weapons and oh, money for weapons. Uh, Rashida Talib is telling people yeah, to vote exactly. against Biden. So uh, really, he is getting it, as I said, on all angles. How do you see the whole situation in the Middle East and Biden's handling of it specifically? I, I,
0: I, frankly, I think he's been really good. I mean, when this thing began, I thought Israel has a right to defend itself. And the fact that they were, you know, uh, bombing in in the beginning. Do you know how many civilians were killed in Germany by Allied bombing, uh, you know, before we invaded Germany? I'm going to say hundreds of thousands. 500,000. Wow. And they were women, children. They were all... And you know what? We didn't care about that at all. We just wanted uncondi- unconditional surrender. And that's the other thing, is that, you know, it could have... Th- those. A good portion of those lives could have been saved if uh, let's, Himmler or somebody had stepped out and said, I'm taking over, which he tried to do at mm-hmm. the very... Actually, Himmler met with a... Rep- no, People don't know this, and I keep thinking this would make a great theater piece or a movie. Um, Himmler had a um, um, masseur who was Swedish and a doctor. He was some kind of doctor masseur, and he had connection with the... Um, the um, uh, what is it, the Uni- uh, the World Jewish Congress, mm-hmm. WJC. And they and Himmler put out a feel- feeler, and he said, you know, you could see the war was going to only end one way. And a representative from the World Jewish Congress flew into Tempelhof Airport with all the Nazi banners hanging, uh, got into a, a, a limo with Nazi flags, um, drove to a, a conference hall, and sat down with Himmler to negotiate um, saving Jews from concentration. They actually did save six thousand in Czechoslovakia. But Himmler said to this guy, and he just remained. He didn't reply. He said, "You know, I, I really had nothing against the Jews. It, <laughs> it was nothing personal. It was just a political thing."
1: And but I think that isn't that an incredible uh, story? I knew that. That's incredible. And, uh, absolutely incredible. Yeah. But uh, so as far as Biden's handling of this, oh, right. it's right, Sorry it's the, to digress. No, no, I, I'm, for a digression I like that. the situation has changed. Biden has
0: changed. Mm-hmm. I think, yes, there should be some sort of plan to be concerned about uh, civilian casualties at this point. Uh, uh,
1: and obviously you have the people on the other side that say if uh, Hamas wanted to you know, end this right. bombardment, you'd release the hostages and stop the rockets. The same thing. Uh, you know what they should do? They should say...
0: We'll start, we'll, we'll leave. You know what, I remember what Arafat did. Arafat had a flotilla and he was cornered. I believe it was it, was it in Lebanon? But you know, they had him cornered. They were massacring people. There were people killed in Lebanon too, during that whole thing in the Shatila um, uh, Palestinian refugee camps and stuff. But Arafat um, took all of his fighters and they sailed away to another country where they could find refuge. And if Hamas really cared about civilian casualties, they could do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They could say, we want safe passage to, I don't know, to Iran. right? Qatar. Qatar would be happy. Yeah, Yeah. right. And then, you know, so you could save the lives of these. uh, You could save their lives, but you'd save them if they really cared about the lives of the hostages. Just as Germany, you you remember when the Soviets came into Germany, they had 14, 15-year-old kids with Lugers running around the (laughs) streets. Shooting at 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 uh, tanks. It was it was suicidal. Same thing with Hamas. These people
1: are. Um, fanatics. It's. Uh, I don't think you're going to get an argument from anybody wherever they fall on uh, on that end of the equation. When it comes, since you mentioned President Biden and the her report, sure. a lot of people have been focusing on the uh, issue of his mental infirmity. W- what <laughs> or you... no alleged alleged right as <laughs> as described by Robert Hur? Right, right. Give me your overall thoughts on w- ro- what Robert Hur came up with with this. Report. Uh, listen, you know the the the, the really. Uh,
0: um disgusting dig was to talk about his son's death, you know my father, I was so close to my father, and I love my father, and I started to think, all right, I know the year my father i don't know the i I had to really think for like i don't know five minutes or so to really understand what month did he die, what season did he die? I remember the day specifically. Because I took I, at that morning, I had taken Kyle and a friend to go see Mister Megorium's Magic Emporium, and it was the store. Dustin Hoffman played a man who had lived for two hundred and fifty years and decided it was time to die, hmm. and that was the movie. And I always thought Dustin Hoffman looked like my father. He had that, you know, big nose. Oh, I could definitely and, see that. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, so I remember that day vividly, but I couldn't tell you. You know what, month it was in, or you know, I know the year because I remember the tombstone. You know, so you think it was unfair, yeah. I think it was unfair. I think it was unfair. I think he thought it should have stuck with the factual information. Um, and yes, there is one particular damning incident, which is uh, Biden telling uh, his uh, you know, his uh, ghost, ghost rider. Writer, right that uh oh you know you, we can look at these but the classified documents are downstairs so he yes he did know it does appear that he knew that there were classified documents downstairs uh, downstairs that he was in possession of but he completely cooperated with everybody once this whole thing started but
1: do you think Biden at this point Will be the nominee? There's every day I hear different scenarios of him coming off the ticket and yeah. being replaced with someone. At this point, yeah, how do you I watched
0: Marconish today too. I know he's yeah, I, the
1: absolutely. Smir- we, I, I miss. I was out snow uh, sh- uh, shoveling snow yesterday Report or Saturday. I, you know what? I'm afraid to start recording because then I'm afraid the little time that I have, I'll just watch TV yeah, all, all the know. time. I, but I so I, I only got to see a bit of it. But um, where do you come down on whether or not Biden will be the nominee? I think they're both going to be the nominees. Trump I, Biden again. I
0: think we're sitting around just. Um, what's a phrase I can use on talk radio? <laughs> but uh, you know, it would be, it's a, a masturbatory political thing, and it's also fun to think about. Who else? Well, right, it's
1: like fantasy baseball. Well,
0: right. We, you know, it's never going to be Kamala Harris. Is it going to be Gavin Newsom? Which is what I would think, and which, and to tell you the truth, I would prefer. But my opinion is, if it comes down to the two of them, I always say Hindenburg over Hitler. <laughs> uh, you know, the old man who
1: is not the the, the general that he used to be over Hitler. Uh, talking about Trump, he got dealt quite a blow on uh, Friday with this right. $355 million judgment. Uh, irrespective of what you might think of Trump, because I know you're, you're right. not a fan, a lot of people tend to exaggerate the price of their properties. And unlike, say, a Madoff situation where there were easily identifiable victims that you could point to, it becomes a much harder thing to point specifically to a specific person. What do you make of that judgment of $355 million? Well, first of all, I think some some of the
0: misunderstanding goes to this. It was a disgorgement. It wasn't restitution. It wasn't a fine. I mean, I heard Smirkanish today, and Smirkanish is a smart guy. He knows better. Why wasn't it ten million or fifteen million? Well, it wasn't that because the law specifies this law, this state law that we have here specifies disgorgement of funds received under fraud. What do you think about um, 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 uh, drug dealers? Uh, you know, when they're after they're arrested, what does the government do? It takes their Ferraris. Mm-hmm. It takes their mansions. It takes their yachts because these were uh, uh, these were assets that they acquired um, through uh, activity that was either illegal or was, uh, you know, or it uh, was illegal. And and under the statute, I mean, the judge had to he couldn't find them he could if he had done that he wouldn't he wouldn't have been complying with the law the law concerns disgorgement when when people got arrested for 3 cod monte in times square and the and the judge and the police confiscate the money from them. Do you think they should just say, oh, here, you got these through this
1: illegal activity. Do you want to have it back? I guess, that you know, and again, I'm sure you've heard this metaphor a hundred times if, if I've heard it 50, right? Which is what banks would usually not take your word for what you think a property is worth. Why wouldn't the banks get their own independent appraisal of the properties that Trump or the Trump organization was exaggerating. Well, pass a new law.
0: The statute mm-hmm. that we have now, if you believe in the law, the law states that um, exaggerating your assets – and this was a gross exaggeration. He had an apartment that in, in Trump Tower that was $10,000, and he said it was uh, 10,000 square feet – he said it was thirty-three thousand. He said Mar-a-Lago. I don't know what all the fuss is about. He says Mar-a-Lago is worth seven hundred and twenty-nine million dollars. All he has to do is sell Mar-a-Lago, and he'll have four hundred million <laughs> left over, you know. But we all know that Mar-a-Lago isn't worth seven hundred and twenty. It's not taxed at seven. And and the, this whole thing started with Michael Cohn before the Senate committee under oath saying. He would have one set of books for the IRS and one set of books for uh, the banks when he was trying to secure um, loans from and having um, and having his assets set up as collateral.
1: You cannot do that. It's a lot of money to uh, come up with in in thirty days. It even is, if he gets but that's a, bond, a different matter. That's for sure. It's not. It wasn't. His money.
0: Uh, They're not taking his money. They're taking money that was acquired
1: through fraudulent activity. The other story involving Trump that got a lot of attention Thursday and Friday is the situation in Fulton County, Georgia. Oh, boy. With the Fonnie Willis (laughs) testifying. Watch the whole thing. uh, So give me your take on the whole Nathan Wade, Fonnie Willis relationship, special prosecutor. I have no
0: idea and i'm tr- really trying to censor my my yeah own, we appreciate that, my own adjectives me. because i got in trouble once <laughs> on this show for using a phrase that is used by politicians on the air constantly now in fact one of them i would see it and i couldn't believe this he was a republican and he called trump and can i say a-hole
1: Yeah. Uh, well yeah okay. so you just okay. said okay. yeah there you but he's but fun. he
0: used the, the yeah and i went what on television on you know, on
1: yeah. network the, television? There seems to be different rules for me than there are uh, for other, other politicians. All right, apparently. but wait a second. What, what was the question? Georgia, Fulton County, Just, Fannie just Welles, like Fannie what, do you think? Welles, what was the question yeah, exactly, again? Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, I thought she was terrific. And I also thought, I mean, what a – first of all, I in terms of this situation, I have no idea what this has to do with the facts of the uh, prosecution against Trump. I mean there is to me there's no relationship to it it's it's a, it's an end run it's a
1: backdoor Well door. I, mean, I guess you know the the part of the issue is one, if Nathan Wade was dishonest under oath about when their relationship began, can you trust yeah. him? To... And is there
0: proof of that? Well, no. I mean,
1: he admitted under oath that initially he said under oath that their relationship began oh, and his divorce after it was pointed. Preceding. And then now he's saying under oath that, oh, no, no, actually it began three years before that. So if someone's going to commit No, perjury, No, it wasn't three
0: years before. Well,
1: 2019. I mean, well, listen,
0: then go get him disbarred. Mm-hmm. Go get him charged with perjury um you know but there's there's that's a, that that too how is that related to the facts of the case in the prosecution of these people but this and i you know uh, people get upset if you say this to me this was a, uh, a, a an articulate proud uh forceful black woman Who had seven, what were there, seven lawyers there who were up against her? One guy was on, even on Zoom going after her. And to me, it was like watching an action movie where the hero has some, it's John Wick here. He comes in from this side, he comes in from that (laughs) side, he comes in from this side. And this whole idea online, even on your side, people were criticizing her. They said, oh, she's. She doesn't have the intellect of a third grader because she didn't know whether Aruba qualified uh, as a um, uh, connected to the South American continent or the North American.
1: I mean, I had to look it up. Yeah, I wouldn't know that Uh, one either. So, um, in short, you think both she and Wade should be able to continue to prosecute this case? I think they should be continued to
0: prosecute this case. And I don't think there is any evidence, any evidence in this – that I saw in that courtroom – I mean, there's that one woman who got fired from the team and now says, oh, I know. How does she know they had And this whole idea, with the guy, uh, one of the uh, um, lawyers said, um, so when did this romantic relationship end and she, or begin or end or begin? Who knows? I, <laughs> things are so ridiculous. And she said, you mean a sexual relationship? He goes, no, I mean a romantic election, relationship. You know, like holding hands, and she said, "I'm not a hand holder." <laughs> she's she's not that tight. She's a really strong, articulate woman. She's got she got her JD at Emory. She got her BA at Howard. Both schools. Her father, I thought, you know, even though he, he had started out as a Black Panther, but he's argued cases at at the Hague. In front of the uh, oh, no, international no, Joe, court, absolutely. he is. A, he was, worked with Nelson Mandela. Was in He is. A, he was an incredible figure. Can you, I, can, yeah, I, can
1: you stick around a few more minutes? I wanna ask few you more but, minutes. Yeah. Well, stay as long as you want. I'll stay till daybreak. Beautiful. If you want. All right. Richard Bay is here. We're, we're going to pick your brain about uh, not only this, but John Stewart's return and a whole bunch of other things okay. in a minute. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. If you want to comment, this is the other side of midnight. Straight ahead.
0: Side at Midnight with Frank Marano.
1: It's until the top of the hour this is the other side of midnight I'm Frank Morano uh, joined by in studio did by the pick, one and only Richard Beck Did you pick cool jerk no. as a commentary <laughs> on me I take no blame for the music today uh we're a little short-handed so I figured net, let me not give Tony and Matt one more uh, chore and uh, just play whatever you want so the all yeah. of the music selections you hear are Tony Tony at with. I know
0: but I love phone calls I love a good right, pe- well, I love to go like Fanny
1: Willis Ch- did you didn't
0: see it obviously you were probably sleeping i was asleep, Sound asleep. Uh, you didn't see her running <laughs> into the courtroom and she said you know something like darn right i'm gonna testify and she went up there and it, it was just and i i heard a commentator this is not my original idea you know one of the witnesses they called was the former governor of georgia um his name escapes me at the moment but he was a guy who had an accent like uh, John Kennedy from Louisiana. Oh, I, I love
1: that crazy <laughs> accent. I love it. <laughs>
0: well, I tell you, I, you know. So he came in, and all of the lawyers were treated him with such deference and respect and were like, uh, oh, you know, I, I, he goes, I, one, one lawyer said, I was on a, the other side of a case when you came in. And he goes, and I beat you on that case. <laughs> yeah, but I beat you at the Supreme Court. And— they just when it was over i heard this black law professor say he said what you just saw was the um the white southern boy good old boy network at work there and they're all ganged up together to go against fa- there is no black southern southern i won't say boy but southern uh network uh you know of lawyers they're you know they they they're, they're still kind of not an anomaly, and there's more of them than, than we've ever seen before. But um, you know, it's it's not like he said this has been going on, you know, for a hundred years. This old boy, Southern Network, and the woman who started this case, uh, you know, the you know the blonde woman who's representing what is his name, Roman, and she's the one that initiated the first case based upon this right. alleged affair.
1: She well, it's had, not alleged anymore. Now well, right it's, no, now it, it's the yeah, fair. Uh, but, yeah. It's alleged as to when it started, right? Right,
0: um, you're right. But they did hold hands, yeah. <laughs> um, but she, when he, when, uh, when, um, a deal was running for, um, um, when, when he was running for a judgeship, you know, her boyfriend was running for a judgeship, she campaign. she made a campaign commercial for him telling everybody how qualified he was and what a great person he was and how he should become a judge. She, I'm surprised. I haven't seen it anywhere on the air, but I have read that she supported him, endorsed him, and made a commercial for him.
1: It's a great point. I, I hadn't seen that anywhere else either as well. 800-848-9222. Before we get to calls, two other things I want to ask you about. One, uh, John Stewart just came back as the Monday host of the the Daily Show. They got the highest ratings they've gotten since 2018. I asked O'Reilly the same question. I'm going to ask you: How do you think this is going to work out? Uh, sometimes you can't go home again. Sometimes comebacks don't work out. Sometimes you're not as good as what people remember you as being. Sometimes the times change and it's just different. And How do you see this? Sometimes you lose your edge. <clears throat> How do you see this working out for the Daily Show and for Jon Stewart? Oh, well, I think
0: it's a good th- it's better than having fill-in hosts do it every week <laughs> and Jon Stewart um, I think what, what's even more interesting is he said he was fired from Apple because uh Apple TV because they didn't want him saying anything uh that would you know that would uh, endanger Apple's sort of problems with the government in terms of regulation and mm-hmm. everything else. So, um yeah, I, I I really don't know. I mean, listen, I'm not going to be tuning in. I'm a real news junkie, as you know. I got, an, I, got, I got the Wall Street Journal
1: on Saturday. I got the New York Times on Sunday. I've got Sling TV. Well, some of the criticism I've seen of Stewart, and I don't really – I didn't really watch Jon Stewart when he was on, but some of yeah. the criticism that I've seen of Stewart is that he was taking shots at both sides, and a lot of folks feel that that's a false equivalency, that you shouldn't be doing that. I think that's kind of what's been missing in late night uh, talk is there's nobody like a Johnny Carson that makes fun of everybody. Maybe Jon Stewart is the guy that can make fun of everybody with some credibility.
0: Yeah, well, I will say this. He's no Greg
1: Gutford. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't get the whole Gutfeld thing. Don't get me started on that. Hey, I know you went to uh, Yale. Yale is now apologizing for its connections to slavery. They've also issued a historical study and announced steps to address this legacy, including new support for public education in New Haven. Mm. Uh, As someone that went to Yale, what are you going to be doing to apologize for slavery, uh, Richard? (laughs) Well, I, what what are they going to do to address the anti-Semitism
0: that kept Jews out of Yale? Are they going to uh, now accept every Jew that applies? You know? uh, th-
1: that's a great, <laughs> great, great place to start, I
0: would think. I right? mean, the whole thing about I—I I happen to believe in diversity. I happen to believe in inclusion. I happen to believe in uh, having uh, an inclusive workplace. I believe in all those things. I do not believe in re- that somebody who's alive now. Uh, you and know, apologize for your G- stuff hundreds r- of years right. ago. I'll tell you this: even even uh, Jews had got rep- reparations for the Holocaust.
1: Do I think they're great? Grandchildren or great great grandchildren. Crazy. crazy, crazy. Uh, Richard Bay is going to stick around. We'll continue. Keep asking questions. Someone that's no slouch when it comes to history himself, Richard Bay, veteran TV and radio talk show host and uh, the host of the Richard Bay Talk Podcast, which is available on the YouTube and wherever podcast is available, is uh, kind enough to join me in studio. We're going to take your calls in just a moment. All Richard, right, listen, as
0: long as you brought up history, I mean, I want to give him a plug, and you should have him as a guest. There's a guy named Bruce Carlson. Who has a uh, a, um, a podcast called "My History Can Beat Up Your Politics," and he covers every. I learn
1: something every time I listen that's to a, it. That's a great. You know, maybe you recommended this to me, yeah. or I, I've heard someone else that I respect uh, tell me about this. I'll check it out. Yeah, and when
0: I when I come to town, I usually take him out to dinner because. Uh, he's not employed right now, except for the podcast, and that's my way of supporting his. Pod. And it's ter- I learn something every time I listen. To I,
1: I will uh, definitely give it a listen and, and invite him on the program. Now, as you alluded to, you spent you know the bulk of your life as a New Yorker. These days, you're living in Florida, but you still come up to New York pretty regularly. Uh, usually, you get a lot of uh, cultural and various New York experiences that they don't have down there in Florida. In when you're up here visiting, what have you done on this trip? I
0: saw two plays. One of them, the title was the most provocative thing about the play. It's called Russian Troll Farm, Mm. and it's set in the IRA um, um, internet dissemination information uh, during the 2016 election with all these Russians who are trying to get, trying to depress the, the black vote and trying to get people to fight with each other. And Christine Lottie, who's a wonderful actress. In fact, this was the best part of the play. Drama? Comedy? Dramedy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Christine Lottie, uh, you know, she's now like 71 or so. But she had this monologue that was just beautiful, talking about her life in relationship to the government, from Stalin to uh, communism to Gorbachev to uh, Putin, Hmm. and how she... Acclimated to each one of those things. And it was a beautiful monologue. The second thing, I've been dying to see it. It's well, h- a- how was the play? I just said it wasn't uh, very The title good. was the best part. I <laughs> That's guess. Right. okay. It was pretty turgid before. And then she had this monologue, and I went, wow, that was beautiful. She mm-hmm. did a great job. And then at the end, it was sort of like, Oh, Hillary lost and Trump is up there, and we're all supposed to have this catharsis. You know, they have video screens and and video screens throughout the thing, and we're all supposed to go, oh, boo hoo, boo hoo. It's well, it's over. It happened. Right. That's it. it. Right. 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 So the second thing, this play, I've been dying to see. I've entered the lottery every time I come to New York. It's one of my favorite plays. I saw it at City Center in 2012, and it brought me to tears at the end. It's a Stephen Sondheim musical called Merrily We Roll Along. Mm. And what it is is it starts off in seven, 1976 and then works. It's every year it goes backwards uh, until you see the the three friends who are the principal characters – full of idealism and the very last scene is them talking about they're looking they're on the rooftop of a tenement and they're all poor and they've all just come to New York from college of the army and they're watching Sputnik for the first time they all went up there because they heard it was going overhead and they're going this is our time look what's happening it's going to be a you know a wonderful world that we're going and they're all very talented people but you see by the you know from the start of the play that one of them has sold out, one of them has become an alcoholic and uh, and very depressed. And It's kind
1: of cool that the story's backwards, The story's
0: backwards, yeah. And so I wanted to see it on Broadway. Tickets were like $450. It's the highest grossing show on Broadway. It's got Daniel uh, Radcliffe. Wow. And um, what's the other guy? Uh, uh, Gref, Groff, who's also a big star, was in Spring's Awakening. And... Uh, I thought, oh, my God, I really want to see this, but I'm not going to spend $400. So on Super Bowl Sunday, I went there, and I figured, who's going to go to the Broadway show on Super Bowl Sunday? Well, I went there. They were sold out, and then somebody shouted from the back of the ticket booth, we have one that opened up. So I got an orchestra seat for $199, the most I've ever paid, but I was disappointed because – the three principal actors are terrific, but it's more like a fan concert. I mean, Daniel Radcliffe comes out, the audience goes crazy. Uh, Jonathan Grafe comes out, they go crazy. Daniel Radcliffe does a leap into the air, and they go, which is totally out of character. It, it the production didn't move me at all, so definitely not worth four hundred bucks. Well, I, if if you're a big fan of Daniel Radcliffe, yeah, go see it. But I um. You know, I I, when I go to the theater, I want to feel the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. I, when I saw Leopoldstadt, for instance, I keeled over crying. The woman in front of me said, Are you all right? and she handed me a tissue. I couldn't stop crying. I was just in London, I saw Sunset Boulevard, the production that's coming here. When it was over, I walked out of the theater chanting, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And you'd seen Sunset Boulevard before, and and it was still that No, this is a completely different uh, interpretation of Sunset. It's
1: like you're trapped in the mind of a schizophrenic, of a delusional
0: schizophrenic.
1: That sounds terrific. All right, a lot of people very eager to chat with you. 800-848-9222. Richard Bay is here. Mary is in Pennsylvania. What's on your mind, Mary.
2: Hi, you were talking about Fannie Willis, and I was wondering about all that laundering of money. But what I really wanted to ask was, why was she wearing her dress backwards?
0: You know what? I wish one of the lawyers had brought that up, because that's a reason to disqualify her. That would have been that really is pertinent and uh, is relevant to the facts of the case that are going on in terms of these indictments. Thank you for bringing that up.
1: Thank you, thank you, Mary. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Robert is in Suffolk. What's on your mind, Robert?
2: Hi, Frank. Uh, basing your net worth on market value of property, in part, beside what other monies you have, is not fraud. When a realtor, a slices third party says, okay, if you were bringing your property to market now, you would likely get whatever number of millions for it.
0: I that that might be true, but it doesn't make a ten thousand square foot apartment magically uh, zoom into thirty-three thousand square feet, and it doesn't make Mar-a-Lago worth seven hundred and twenty-nine million dollars. Okay, the exaggeration not only of its net worth but the size of the property, the potential. Uh, 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 market value was so exaggerated it was never mentioned when he went to the bank that that mar-a-lago is actually a social club it's 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 his residence but it under under florida state law it can never be used as anything other than a social club that's the law and it's also one thing to tell the bank one thing and then tell the IRS Mm -hmm.
1: something completely different. Uh, You know, someone emailed me this question. I don't know if you heard any of the discussion that uh, Dominic Carter and I had. But uh, Tom, uh, listening in California, uh, asks if you agree with what Dominic said, that far-left politicians bear uh, some of the responsibility for cops and paramedics being, being shot at. Come on. Are you kidding? No. Uh, no, needless no, to say, the answer no, is no. no. No, no, Okay. 800-848-9222. Well, um, wh- what would you do about, say, the uh, rising tide of gun violence that we're seeing in different cities, including in cities that in some cases not not uh, applicable to Kansas City, but in other places that do have pretty strict existing gun restrictions?
0: Well, I I think one of the things is, uh, of course, the assault weapons ban, and people are going to say there's no such thing as an assault weapon. Uh, But we do know what we're talking about. I've shot an AR-15 that is not uh, fully automatic. It's semi-automatic, and that's supposedly the difference. But, you know, I'm pretty much blind as a bat. And with that red dot and pulling the trigger, you go boom, 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 boom. I mean, that gun was designed for nothing other than military purposes. It's not a hunting gun. It's not a gun to protect you in your house. And this whole argument that that the people must be armed with this military-style gun so they can overthrow a tyrannical government is laughable because the militias— we're, are under the control of the tyrannical government, the alleged tyrannical government. It's the president
1: who can call out the National Guard. Right, or the governor. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. 848 Larry's in Brookline. What's on your mind, Larry? Yes,
2: hi. Uh, Richard, I like your uh, um, um, analogy about, uh, in World War II, how we didn't care about the civilians that were being bombed. But I feel that it's kind of interesting how, we, how we're willing as a society to judge um, you know the people that supported slavery, but when, but will use the bombing of civilian areas as an analogy as to why Israel is not doing anything wrong i mean as far as I'm concerned, you know, when, when you when you ride the subway and you see migrant children selling M M&M and M candies just to survive, to make pennies to survive, I think you kind of cast slavery in a good light.
1: I mean, taken care of. Come on, come on, Larry. What? I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. I mean, I, I don't even know that it requires much of a response. <laughs> it's so it's so absurd. By the way, did you get vomited on on the subway recently? Yes. <laughs> what happened
0: there? was coming back from seeing the merrily we roll along i'm on the subway i'm holding on to the uh the you know the bars and there are two girls sitting in front of me and one of them and you should i took a picture of her afterwards one of them goes full on linda blair oh. i'm not saying she didn't just vomit on herself it came shooting out Projectile of her mouth vomit. like a fire hose all over my leather coat Brand new pants that I've only worn twice. I'm covered with vomit. I leaned over and I said, are are you all right? Are you sick? And she just, it was Super Bowl Sunday, remember? So she goes, I've never been this drunk in my whole life. And then Mm -hmm. they both burst out laughing. That's what pissed. Can I say that? It pissed me. (laughs) I can
1: understand that um uh, do, were they younger, yeah, yeah, they were like early twenties, oh, gee, what would you have done if that had happened on the way to the theater? That's what i i thought of that. I know, could you imagine me going to the theater? I'd have a whole row of myself, my <laughs> goodness, eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two Chris is on Long Island. hi, Chris
2: hey guys, uh I would love to get Richard on cats at night. Uh, That would be great. Radio, they should invite them on, and you can hear all the legal experts. And I listen to it all the time. Can someone explain this to me, Richard? Maybe you can. When why doesn't the bank go and see that it's not thirty thousand feet? They see it's ten thousand. A professional. Whenever I've had loans ever, they always check you out personally. They send someone here. They don't just give you the money willy nilly. So
0: what I'm saying is.
2: Where, where was the bank's responsibility in going and saying, "Hey, wait, 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 this isn't ten thousand feet"? Right. I mean, this isn't. 30, you 000. may
0: you may have a point in terms of the bank's responsibility, but yeah. it's also Trump's responsibility under the law not to say a ten thousand foot square foot apartment is really thirty three thousand square feet. I mean, that's right. you know, yeah, the bank should. We listen. Do you remember two thousand and nine? The, the banks should be more cautious about lending their money or, or giving out mortgages. That's what Dodd-Frank was about. In fact, I'm not sure whether this law is somehow associated with Dodd-Frank. Uh, but that was, those were the laws they were trying to pass, uh, you know, in terms of making the banks more responsible. And there were a lot of people who tried to oppose Dodd- Dodd-Frank. So, so, yeah. so your view is no, no. Even,
1: even if the banks did something wrong, that doesn't yeah, that doesn't excuse Trump not. doing something. By the way, it was very interesting over the weekend, I, maybe it was on Friday, Governor Kathy Hochul had to reassure the business community, don't worry, we're not going to be cracking down. You don't have to leave the state. <laughs> this basically is just for Trump. It's not for you, well, nobody no, else. Anybody,
0: but, you know, listen, if there's another example of such egregious –
1: exaggeration you know what here's what is well i suspect if they started looking at other people's exaggerations the way that letitia james has looked at donald trump's they might find well listen when you get credit cards
0: when you get credit cards they ask you what is your yearly income right if you put down a if you put down three hundred thousand dollars a year and you only make seventy thousand the credit card company doesn't come and look for your uh, W 2 forms. And you know what? They'll give you a much higher
1: line of credit. Speaking of uh, prices, just going back to the theater conversation a second ago, it does seem I know there's the TKTS booth, I know there's lotteries and other things. And there's Today's Ticks, but, which but is but a It great does update. seem like the ability to go to Broadway shows on a regular basis is increasingly out of reach for a lot of middle class people well, mean, a lot of middle class people the woman that was right in front of me on the line i, mean, I
0: gasped she laid out a credit card for nine hundred and fifty dollars
1: for tickets wow i mean come on you used to be able to buy a car for nine hundred and fifty dollars 800 9222 robertson manhattan hi robert
2: good morning gentlemen great conversation. Richard, let me ask you a question. I know that this is a society where we love to mock people. I've given a new name to the former president. He is Captain Mock. Look, he mocked John McCain. He mocked Elizabeth Warren. But what he did to Nikki Haley, and I would never vote for her because I'm not a Republican, but what he did to her in South Carolina shocked me beyond belief. Here's a woman whose husband is somewhere off in Africa doing his job as a veteran, and he mocked, where's your husband? Where's her husband? I, what What is this about him? Is he, eh, I don't want to say, is he loony-kazoonie? Is he a wackadoodle? But how do you mock a veteran and not, get, and not have the Republicans come down on him for this? I am shocked.
0: Well, the Republicans have given him a lot of leeway over a lot of, how could you say, I'm going to tell Putin to do whatever the hell he wants if a country doesn't spend a specified amount on self-defense. I'm going to tell him to invade Latvia, Estonia, and Lithuania. How do Republicans sit back and say this is loony? You yeah, know? I mean, I, I guess it goes to that. But here's old- another one, and we've forgotten about it. I was, it, I, 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 I may be wrong. Was it Niger where the, four American soldiers, when Trump was president, were ambushed? By Islamic terrorists. One of them was tortured before he died, dismembered, and, and eventually we recovered the bodies. And remember, when Trump
1: spoke to the widow, he said, you know, he knew what he was getting into.
0: That's what you say to a widow.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think uh, I don't think even Trump's staunchest defenders would uh, give him high marks for tact in uh, situations like that. Ernesto is in Massachusetts. Hi Ernesto
2: Hi, how you doing? Hey. I, I'm a big Richard Bay fan. <laughs> wow. uh, nice. I remember your shows in the early 2000s. I just want your take on you know, on Hunter Biden. Do you think that they're going soft
0: on him because he's the president's son? They're not going soft on him. He's charged with he's got indictments that are very serious indictments at this point in time. But everybody says they're talking about Trump. They're going, where's the victim? Where's the victim? Well, so Hunter Biden got a gun. He got a gun. It was thrown away a week later into the garbage. Where's the victim there? Hunter Biden paid back the taxes that he owed. Where's the victim? Where's the victim? And I'm not trying to say that Hunter Biden shouldn't be charged with something, but, uh, you know, I, I, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. There's no victim there. And listen, Hunter Biden obviously was a screwed-up guy. <laughs> screwed-up guy. I, 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 there are people that I love who are screwed up, but I still love them. And, uh, you know, I I, I don't want to get into my family history, <laughs>
1: But uh, you know, I I, I have the man, a, the man
2: is sick. He has a disease.
0: That's that's true.
1: I agree. We, Richard will not speak ill of anyone that went to Yale. Any fellow Yale alumni are <laughs> are off limit. Or, or off Did Hunter Biden Ernesto. go to Yale? Yeah, he got his law degree from Yale. Uh, eight hundred eight hundred ninety two twenty two. Was he, in, was he in the same class as Kelly McEnany
0: <laughs> or Clarence? T- you know no, Kelly
1: McEnany I think went to Harvard.
0: Oh, Harvard, you're right. Yeah. But listen, when I went to Yale, I used to eat at the law school commissary because they had the best food and i didn't realize this until year years later but when i was at yale hillary was there bill clinton was there clarence thomas was there we could have all been eating. Wow, but in the John same, Bolton,
1: right? Yeah. Uh, Michael s- Medved, yeah. The same dining room. That's wild. Uh, that's very funny. we squeeze in one more call here because then we have uh, Dr. Lindsey Sherin- Shervinsky waiting in the wings. We're going to talk about George Washington and more. Chris is in the Catskills. Hey, Chris.
2: Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Richard,
1: hey. I was watching your program sometime.
2: I wouldn't say I'm trying to figure the year. I want to say like 1993. And there was a lot of attractive women in your audience, and I'm assuming it was like Newark, New Jersey, or Cicarca, New Jersey,
0: Secaucus, yes.
2: And uh, and you you were asking them to pick out the most handsome men in the audience that they would want to date. It, had you yourself ever had any uh, Jerry Springer type success with? Uh, with women in the audience or or people that were guests? Yeah,
1: that's a program. good question. There you go.
0: No, no, no. I always think it's not it's not the place to... And even there were interns. Well,
1: I, interns in, is in, a in different fact, situation. No,
0: but no, you cannot... You can't. God, here yes, I am censoring myself yeah. again. You cannot have sexual relationships or a romantic relationship with an intern. Now, when I did Evening Magazine at Channel 9, there was a young lady there who I'm still friendly with. She's married. I went, uh, did I go to her? I think I went to her first wedding. Now she's married. We're still very good friends. I saw her in New York, uh, fairly recently. All right. So she was an intern, beautiful girl, student at William Patterson. And I was, um, you know, I'm about 10 years older than her. So we, we were on evening magazine and, and she would always be flirtatious and I was very appreciative And then one day we were all called into a room and they said, Evening Magazine is going out of production. It's over. So as we're leaving, I'll never forget this. She turned to me and said, how do you feel about this? And I said, well, there's a good thing and a bad thing about it. And she said, what's what's the bad thing? I said, I I won't get paid for Evening Magazine. It was the easiest gig in the world. And she said, what's the good thing? And we were going through revolving doors out of the Channel 9 studio. I said, the good thing is I can ask you out to go to dinner now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "She." I said, would you like to do that? And she said, I would love to. You're a charmer, my goodness. <laughs> All right, I'm going to talk with Dr. Lindsay Shervinsky in just a okay. moment. Richard, this has been a lot of fun. Oh, Let's do this my, again great. next
0: time you're in town. And let me just finish this broadcast by saying... You won't have Dick Bay to kick around anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Richard Bay, uh, find him on the YouTube. Just search Richard Bay Talk. That's B-E-Y Talk. You can also just search Richard Bay on Facebook. There's a lot of great content on there, including this photo of this uh, lady that vomited all over herself. (laughs)